0: Welcome to Basic Prayer. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship program. In Luke 11, 1, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Our hope is that this material will equip you with basic Bible truth so that you can have a strong and effective prayer life. Now, let's join today's lesson.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Basic Discipleship and we are in our series on basic prayer, uh, looking at what it means to have uh, strong and helpful prayer lives as followers of Christ. And in this session, we want to uh, speak on the subject of prayer, delight or drudgery? Prayer, delight or drudgery? And I want to start this time by looking at Psalm 84 and verse 10. Psalm 84 and verse 10. Uh, The words of this psalm are perhaps familiar to you. Uh, The psalmist said this when singing praise to the Lord. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. I love the heart of the psalmist there. He had a desire to be in the presence of God. For him, meeting with God and encountering God was not something to dread. It was something of delight. And I want us to get that in this lesson. I want us to see that spending time with the Lord in prayer is something that we should look forward to. Not something we should dread or fear. Prayer, talking to God, is something that should really excite us, uh, not something that should turn us off. And I really believe that this is at the heart of developing a strong prayer life. If you approach prayer with this air of dreadful expectations, instead of approaching it with this idea of delighting in the presence of God, you likely won't pray. You've got to learn to look at prayer as a thing of delight instead of something of drudgery. I can remember when I was a newer Christian and I was attending college and I was a new college student and I was attending church in the college town in which I lived. And there was a man in that church who mentored me while I was in college. And I remember on one occasion, he talked to me about prayer and daily devotional time. And his advice was this. He said, Patrick, in some ways, you've got to look at it like jogging. You've got to look at it like that morning exercise time. Now, I heard his heart in that, and I knew what he meant, because indeed, there has to be this this attitude of discipline in a way when it comes to our spiritual relationship with the Lord. I mean, Scripture does say exercise yourself unto godliness. We do see Jesus disciplining retreats for prayer into his daily life. We saw that in the life, we see that in the life of Daniel as well. So indeed, we have to have this attitude of discipline in a way when it comes to prayer, but we've got to be careful. If we view prayer as being similar to jogging or our morning workout routine, we may view it in a negative light. We may end up being turned off from prayer because we, by default, have kind of this negative, harsh perspective towards prayer. I want us to see that prayer should be something positive in our lives. When we think of the word prayer, it should bring up thoughts of relief and refreshment, not thoughts of harsh religion and ritual. So let's consider prayer delight or drudgery. And to encourage you to have a prayer life that's all about delight, I want to speak to you under two different headings. First of all, I want to remind you what prayer is not about. What prayer is not about. So so you've got to understand the real nature of prayer. And to understand the real nature of prayer, you've got to first understand what it is not. Now, we do this in life in many different ways. In all realms of life, we have to understand what things are in essence and what they aren't. So let's consider what prayer is not. Prayer is not about, number one, religion. Prayer is not about religion. Now that word of religion is an important word and we, we don't want to be um, totally turned off to that word. There's some people who just have completely removed the word religion from their vocabulary. There's Christians who, who don't like to speak of religion. The word religion in and of itself is not a bad word. It just speaks of, it speaks of a, a mode or a set of disciplines one uses to pursue spiritual things. And so in Christianity, indeed, we should have some form of religion. We have modes and methods for pursuing a relationship with God. But I want you to see religion can become a negative thing when our entire concept of God revolves around what we do for God, performing for God, jumping through religious hoops, then our religion indeed has become bad. It's become a dry, mechanical, methodical, legalistic thing that is devoid of the life of God. Now, Jesus warned us about having this approach to prayer. In Luke chapter 18, he told the parable, told a parable that we now call the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And and Jesus told this parable, this story, like this. He said, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. Now, in Jesus' day, a Pharisee was a respectable religious person, a tax collector was a despised individual. A tax collector was one who collected money from the Jewish people and then forwarded on to the Roman Empire. So for Jesus' original audience, when they first hear this story, they think, Pharisee, that's a righteous religious person, a respectable person. When they heard tax collector, they thought, scoundrel. We hate those guys. They're the ones who take part of our income and give it to Rome. But Jesus told the story. He said the Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a 10th of everything I get. Notice the focus of this man. It's all about what he can do for God. It's all about his religion, his checklist mentality. The tax collector, however, prayed, and Jesus said he prayed like this, standing afar off. He wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now notice the difference between these two men. One's got religion, and the other one has humility. One's focused on what he can do for God. The other is focused on what God can do for him. If you want prayer to be a delight, You've got to gain this perspective. You've got to gain the perspective of the tax collector. You've got to die to religion. And you've got to approach, this, approach your prayer time with the focus, not on what you can do for God, but on what God can do for you. Prayer is not about religion. Number two, I want you to see that prayer is not about ritual. Prayer is not about ritual. I can remember when I was... First taught to pray. I remember being in Sunday school. I grew up in church, and there was an older lady who taught my Sunday school class. I was maybe in the second or third grade. And I remember her teaching us prayer. And I don't remember her really teaching anything from Scripture, but she taught us customs for praying. She taught us to close our eyes, to bow our head, to fold our hands and to pray certain words and phrases to the Lord. Now, I believe that woman had great intentions, and she indeed taught me some important things about prayer. But I, I, I failed to see the bigger picture in all of that. I mistakenly grabbed on to some of the customs and cliches she encouraged me to use. Now, I share that story because I, I believe a lot of us have a prayer life that is kind of stale and ineffective for this reason. Over the years, instead of really looking at what Scripture says about prayer, instead of really looking at the heart of God, we've we've bought into certain cliches or catchphrases or customs that culture pushes at our way, that the church pushes our way. And we have this prayer life that is marked by man-made ritual instead of a real meaningful relationship with God. Jesus spoke about against this type of prayer life. In in Matthew chapter 6, he talked about in verse number 7 about Gentiles, unbelieving people, who talk to their version of God and think they will be heard, quote, for their many words. There's many of us who have a prayer life that is little different than the prayer life of which Jesus speaks. We think we'll be heard for our many words. Or we'll think we'll be heard because we have some sort of of cultural custom that we follow. We think we'll be heard because we add a catchphrase or a cliche into our prayer. and, And get the teaching of Jesus. Jesus isn't necessarily focused on the exact words we say or the way we go about saying them, Jesus sees into our heart and he desires for us to pray from a posture of relationship, not ritual. Get this, if you're all about religion and ritual, you'll soon burn out in prayer. It will become a dread, a drudgery instead of a delight. So understand what prayer is not about. It's not about religion It's not about ritual. Third, it's not about a requirement. It's not about a requirement. What I mean by that is this. Prayer isn't a platform for you to earn God's favor or to impress him in some way. Prayer is not what earns God's favor. It is a way of experiencing God's favor. I can remember being in college, and again, I was just learning to pray, and I attended a small college, a small junior college, and I can distinctly remember, I was trying to incorporate a prayer time and a devotional time in my daily life, but I can distinctly remember what it felt like during those years when I missed my morning prayer time. I I would go to college and, and mope about for the entire day thinking, God must be mad at me because I didn't pray this morning. He must be so disappointed with me. I walked about as if I was underneath a dark cloud of God's divine disfavor. I failed to see the teaching of scripture. According to scripture in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians two eight teaches, for by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What I failed to realize was this teaching of grace. Through Jesus Christ, I have been made holy and righteous. And there's nothing that I can do to earn His favor. Jesus has already earned it for me. When the Lord looks at me, He doesn't see my sin or my imperfection. He sees the righteousness and the perfection of His Son, Jesus Christ. So, My prayers are not a platform or avenue to earn God's favor or make him happy with me. He's already happy with me. My prayers are simply a way of me experiencing God, experiencing more of his goodness. I want to encourage you in this regard. Prayer is not about a requirement. You don't have to pray to make God happy with you. Uh, Consider what scripture teaches in Romans 8, 15 as well. When you got saved, the Lord put his Holy Spirit within you. And now that Holy Spirit, we are told, cries out in the spirit of adoption, Abba, Father. You are God's child already. You don't need to pray in order to earn his acceptance. You are already accepted. Let that truth Ignite a passion in your soul to regularly pray. You are already beloved, accepted, redeemed, and holy in the eyes of the Lord. And in knowing that, you should have great motive to pray. You're not going out of some harsh requirement that you've got to make God happy. He's already happy with you. So go and talk to Him and enjoy His presence. I want you to see, fourth, prayer, number one, is not religion. It's not ritual. It's not a requirement. Fourth, it's not a reward system. I, I can remember one of my first prayers. My, my sister and I loved when cable TV first started. We loved the Nickelodeon channel, and we loved this particular show called Double Dare. It was filmed, I believe the host name was Mark Summers. It was filmed out in California. And it was a game show in which kids did engage in all of these awesome obstacle courses. And at the end, they went down this huge slide, the last obstacle course, down this huge slide that looked like a giant tongue and it was filled with slime and they landed in this pool of slime. How cool is that? So we wanted to go on Double Dare, my sister and I. We wanted to win the prizes and get to go on all those obstacle courses. So we had this bright idea. We want to go on, Double, go on Double Dare. Let's pray. Let's ask God to help us get selected for Double Dare. We'll get to fly out to California and be on this show. And I remember some of my first forays into praying. I thought if I pray enough, God will hear and God will. Will answer me. Now, Jesus taught against this approach to prayer. Now, that's a child. I was a child praying in that way. But let's be honest how many of us as adults approach prayer time as a carrot and stick routine? We think if I pray, God will hear me, God will be happy with me, He'll give me what I want. It's not how prayer works. Prayer isn't about rewards, it's about a relationship. See, Jesus spoke against this approach. prayer in Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8, verses 6 through 8. He said, when you pray, go and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So there is a reward in praying. It involves closeness with your Creator. It involves His power, His presence, His perspective, becoming a part of your life. So there is a reward, but don't be, Jesus says, like the Gentiles who imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, Jesus says, because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. So if you approach prayer as this carrot and stick routine where you'll get things out of God if you pray more or you pray rightly, you're soon going to be disappointed, disillusioned, jaded in your prayer life. Be aware, prayer is not about a reward system. And lastly, it's not about recognition. Prayer is not about religion, ritual, a requirement, a reward system. And it's not about recognition as well. Notice Jesus said in Matthew that we're to go to the secret place and pray. uh, We're not to pray out in public. To be seen by men, he says. He reiterates this truth in Mark's gospel in Mark. Uh, chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. He said, Be aware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and want, who want greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say, Listen, long prayers just for show. Just for show. Do you have a man centered or a God centered approach to your Christianity? Why do you do what you do? Why do you pray? If prayer is all about whether or not people see you and whether or not people are impressed, prayer is soon become, going to become a drudgery because men and women don't give much reward for prayer nowadays. See, you've got to be focused on not the recognition from men. You've got to be focused on recognition from God. You've got to go into that quiet place and recognize, Though no one may see the time you spend on your knees, there is a God who sees, and he will bless and reward and give his peace, his power, his provision to those who pray. So understand what prayer is not about. It's not about religion, ritual, requirement, a reward system, or recognition. Number two, I want you to see what prayer is about. See, if you want to move from delight, or excuse me, if you want to move from drudgery to delight, if you want to have prayer life as a blessing instead of a burden, you've got to see it rightly. It's not about all the things I just listed, but it is about some good stuff. Consider four things prayer is about. Number one, prayer is about rest. Jesus in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 11, gave this great invitation when he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you ever just feel worn out from the demands of life? Are you ever just tired of the pressures of life? Do you ever feel fatigued or inadequate with all of the responsibilities you have? Do people and problems sometimes just empty your tank emotionally? Get this. Jesus invites you to spend time with him, to place your burdens upon him. And he promises in his word that when you pray, you will experience his rest. An inner, tranquil state of the soul. He goes on to explain, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest in your souls. The first century world, uh, Jews often talked about the yoke of a rabbi. Every rabbi was thought to have a metaphorical yoke. Now a yoke was that bar made out of wood that joined two oxen together. Those oxen were used as ancient tractors to pull a plow. And that figure of a yoke was often used metaphorically or figuratively to describe the teaching, doctrine, or commandments of a rabbi. If a rabbi was super strict, he was thought to have a heavy yoke, a burdensome yoke. Many rabbis actually boasted of how heavy their yoke was. Jesus, on the contrary, says, take up my yoke and learn from me. And then says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What did Jesus mean, about, mean by that? He, he meant to say, hey, I'm not like the modern rabbis in the first century. I'm not one with a list of requirements and rules that come from the the Mishnah and all of the man-made tradition that many of the Jews have. Instead, I've come from God and I've got true teaching and true doctrine that will liberate your soul. And if you will lean into me and trust in me, I will give you rest in your soul. Not all about rituals and requirements and regulations. I'm about rest for weary human souls. So hear the teaching of Jesus and see his heart. He wants you to experience rest. And prayer is rest. Prayer is, number two, release. It is release. It is a release of our burdens, our cares, and our worries. I think about Lamentations chapter 2 and verse number 19. It's uh, a passage um, written by the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah wept over Jerusalem because of the invading hordes that were invading the land. And he he wept, he cried, he, he wrote songs to the Lord because of the awful, horrific things that were happening in Jerusalem. And so he says in Lamentations chapter two, verse 19. Arise, he's singing to the people, arise, cry out in the night. From the first watch of the night, listen, pour out your heart like water before the Lord's presence. I love that verse. There was a time in my life where I was really low and struggling emotionally. There had been a lot of challenges in my personal life and in my family life. My family was experiencing grief. And there were some pressures from the outside that seemed to be falling in on me. And I went to a close friend and just sought counsel. And that friend shared this verse with me. Patrick, are you praying? Not out of a legalistic you know, checklist mentality. But are you, are you really praying? H- have you ever read Lamentations 2.19 and discovered the the real essence of prayer Uh, do what jeremiah did patrick you're telling me about all these problems have you told the lord about them listen there's great release in prayer go to the lord and pour it all out before him like water share your burden with jesus he'll listen tell him all about it and i began to practice what my friend encouraged Instead of going to the Lord with a prayer list and a, a monotonous dirge of request, I went to the Lord just open a blank slate poured out my soul to Him. And I discovered prayer is not about ritual and religion and requirements. Prayer is about reliefs, sharing my heart with the Lord and experiencing the relief that comes from knowing I've put it on the Lord. Prayer is about rest. It's about release. Third, it's about relationship. It's about relationship. Have you ever really considered the first part of the Lord's Prayer? When the Lord taught us to pray, how did he teach us how to pray? He said, pray like this, right? Matthew 6, 9. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. I remember years ago when I did ministry on a college campus, I was witnessing. I'd set up this booth and I was giving away Coca-Cola and gospel tracts and Christian books to students who were passing by through the student center. And the student stopped. He was a professing Muslim. And he wanted to engage in dialogue with me about my religion. And I talked to him about how I viewed God as being my heavenly father and I actually referenced the Lord's Prayer and at that, he kind of scoffed. He said, as a Muslim, I could never imagine God as being my father. As a Muslim, God is Allah. He is awesome and mighty and powerful and he's so far above humankind. I would never talk to him as if he was my dad. I thought to myself, that's what makes the Christian religion unique. That's what makes Jesus so special. He encourages us to come to him as his children and to talk to the almighty creator God, Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah, as father. He could have used any of those titles for the Lord in this prayer But He encouraged us when we pray to make it our habit to address the Lord as Father. So never forget that. You're not coming to some cruel deity, some harsh taskmaster when you pray. You're approaching your Heavenly Father. Let prayer be a delight, not drudgery. Lastly, I want you to see prayer is renewal. Prayer is rest. It's release. It's relationship, but lastly, it is renewal. Isaiah 40 verse 31 is a a verse that's beloved by so many, but there the prophet Isaiah said this, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. I have Written in the margin of my Bible, this note faith energizes us. Faith energizes us. We learn from Luke 18 that prayer is an expression of faith. So we can say prayer energizes us as well. When we receive prayer, it's as if we plug ourselves in to the charging block of God's power. Have you experienced it before? You feel weary and worn down. You go to the Lord. You place your burdens upon Him. You enjoy that relationship with Him. You rest in Him. And then you walk away from that time just feeling renewed. I've had that experience before. I've had days start where I thought, how in the world am I going to face this day? Man, I'm so stressed out. I've got such a long list of things to do I'm tempted to not even pray. But then when I do pray, I feel the sense of renewal and man, I'm ready to go. Hey, that's what faith does. That's what prayer does. Understand what prayer is. Don't approach prayer as religion, ritual, a requirement, a reward system or recognition. Approach prayer as an opportunity for rest, release, relationship and renewal if you approach prayer in that way i can promise you over time prayer won't become a thing that you got to do prayer will become a thing you get to do instead of it being a drudgery it will be a delight father in jesus name thank you for the opportunity to pray and indeed prayer is not an obligation it's an opportunity Help us to see it that way. Help us to develop this perspective that prayer is about rest. Prayer is about release. Prayer is about relationship, and prayer is about renewal. Give us this type of perspective so that we might pray more often, so that our lives may be transformed by your grace, so that we might experience your goodness, and so that we might be great gospel witnesses for you in this world. We pray in Christ's name,
0: amen. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic prayer. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.com. If you have any questions about the material presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at